When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Fantasy Hockey Life, presented by Fantrax. Here's Jack Hughes and Hughes your source of information and analysis to help you win your fantasy hockey league. Barkov has a step in on Stalock. Barkov shoots and scores! Here's your hosts, Jesse Severe and Victor Nuno. Fantasy hockey life. We're talking Central Division. We love talking Central Division. It's uh, one of my most favorite divisions. Victor, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, Jesse. Looking forward to to doing the rest of this division, getting some good takes. Uh, the very, very confusing and interesting division, but uh, we definitely have some. We have our great expert Sean to answer our questions and hopefully clear up some of this confusion as he did with the previous uh, episode. Yes, absolutely. Uh, my favoriteest, uh, my favoriteest team, my most excited team in the National Hockey League will be brought up on this episode, and I couldn't be more excited. I'm not going to say my favorite team. I'm still a Washington Capitals fan, but the team to which I gravitate, like the Swallows of Capistrano or whatever the heck that is. Uh, Victor, tell me, are there any Swallows gathering or flocking in any way in California these days? Is there any migration involved, or or are you guys just at the center of paradise uh, 12 months a year? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've have zero knowledge of bird migration patterns. So that's, uh, I, I don't know, but I, it is warm here. So maybe I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it hits 60 outside. So if I, if, if I seem slightly loopy today, it is from the fact <laughs> that I wore a t-shirt outside without consequences for the first time. in I don't know how many months and, uh, yeah, a little bit giddy from it. So yeah, uh, the dogs are are loving it. I'm loving it. It's finally almost summertime in Wisconsin once again. Well, Victor, uh, you know I'm happy and you're happy, and we want our listeners to be happy. And one of the ways that they can do that is to come and interact with us over at the Discord. We got ourselves a Discord, right, Victor? Uh, tell me, uh, how, how's that been popping for you this week? Uh, what kind of interactions have you been having with people? Yeah, it's been great. You know, we get some some sit start decisions, some uh, some prospects to review, trade reviews. There's been some some doozies in there, so that's always helpful. You know, you get our takes, and of course, other smart people that are into the same kind of dynasty type leagues that we are. So that's helpful. Uh, I also I also uh, actually needed some advice on on one of um, my questions that then I was able to kind of pose that to to some of the people, and so that's always helpful too. A little little give and take. So. It's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of great discussion going on there. So yeah, come and join us. Hang out. It's fun. Hey, look, if you don't uh, have a group of people to bounce fantasy hockey ideas off of, this is a really cool way. We've got some very knowledgeable people in there. Trust me, I'm playing against a lot of them in the Fantasy Hockey Life Listener League. And uh, yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty good at fantasy hockey. Uh, bouncing stuff off them would be beneficial. And it's a lot of fun. It's, it's just a great group of folks in there. All are welcome. It is free. All you have to do is hit us up and we'll give you the invite and get you in there. You can do that by hitting us up on Twitter. I'm at Fan Hockey Life. Victor is at Victor Nuno 12. And uh, you can also send us an email at fantasyhockeylife at gmail.com. And yeah, you could ask us questions there too. And we could take those suggestions, take your prospect suggestions, all those fun types of things. If you prefer to do that rather than getting yourself into a social media platform. I know people sometimes have opinions on which or any of those they would like to participate in. 
So, Victor, we are excited. We got uh, Sean. We got a little bit more conversation coming up with him after the break. Do you think I should ask him questions about bird migration or should we just leave bird migration in the intro? I think we're done talking about birds. Yeah, he he's like in Chicago. They don't have any birds there, man. There's too much pollution. <laughs> There's no way. I won't even go over it with him. Okay, let's uh, let's take our break. Uh, rewire ourselves. Refresh. Come back. Talk with Sean Filippetti. And talking the second half of the Central Division, and we're going to start. Uh, this time, uh, Sean, well, first of all, uh, Sean, because, uh, this is coming to the listeners in a new episode. Uh, how you doing, man? <laughs> I know how you're doing. Cause it was two minutes ago, but re- reassure the viewers that you're doing or the listeners that you're doing well. Well, I'll say I'm doing better than I just was because we're still powering through this episode and uh, looking forward to seeing what else we're going to talk about. <laughs> and I was telling Victor before, and I've been telling everybody who will listen that the first team we're going to cover, I think is my new favorite team to watch in the National Hockey League. I find myself gravitating to them every time. I I look at the whole list of what's on NHL TV, and I'm like, I want to watch the Florida Panthers, man. The Florida Panthers are the team. Right, man? I I knew you were going to say that, and I hate that you said that as a Blackhawks fan because we cannot find a way past them. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I, I it, it's not that, you know, eventually they could destroy uh, my capitals in the playoffs or something like that. Uh, that that could happen. Uh, well, heaven willing that both teams made it that far. But uh, they're just they're just a fun team to watch uh, as far as I'm concerned. And a lot of players that I want us to talk about uh, just a surprising run. They actually have almost seven percent chance odds to win the Stanley Cup this morning, according to Money Puck which is just something that nobody has ever said about the Florida Panthers. I'm not sure that people said that about them when they were in the Stanley Cup finals against the Colorado Avalanche, that they had a 7% chance of winning. Uh, you know, Florida, just just a remarkable uh, story this year and, and just a whole lot of fun. But but what do you think? Uh, what, what's your reaction to this team, aside from the fact that they've been painful an opponent for uh, the Blackhawks? You know, if you're an objective fan, like I pride myself on being at the best of times, you can't you can't help but love the story that's coming out of Florida. Um, they're a team that has not gotten a lot of love uh, for for a lot of their seasons in this league, and, and there's been a lot of good reason for that. But um, you know, even as this season began, even as I didn't expect the Blackhawks to do well, I looked at the Florida lineup in their first few games there against the Blackhawks, and I thought, oh, these guys aren't that scary. But then the puck dropped, and they we've been scared ever since. So. They are certainly a team who knows how to put it all together when it matters. And, and some of their names who you'd expect to be doing well are doing well. But then there's just that team approach that they have. And whatever Quenville is baking up uh, in his kitchen is clearly working, not to give the coach all the credit. The players deserve their part too. But they're just finding a way as a squad to put together such a remarkable season uh, that's challenging people in their division, let alone across the league, like you said. So to say, you know, to say that it's not a feel-good story is it's just ridiculous because uh, seeing the Panthers of all teams having such a such a run is, is, is fun for the Panthers. Again, not fun for a Blackhawks fan, but uh, good on them. Yeah, it, well, it certainly is interesting. They They have a coach that you're very familiar with up there in Chicago and there have been, you know, there's some some amount of there were already some really cool players on this team who've maybe been unlocked in the last year. But there's also some guys who've kind of snuck up on us out of nowhere, who either, you know, the 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 team's uh, leadership has had faith in and put in uh, positions where they were able to excel the way they are or, or something, because it's uh, there's there's a lot of unexpected stuff here. But uh, of the guys on this team, who is it who stands out? Who do you want to highlight as maybe one of your surprises? Listen, this team is scoring at will and their defense has been strong. But how do you not look at Chris Dreger and and recognize the kind of season he's having, let alone what he's allowing the Florida Panthers to do? Uh, this guy's got far better stats than his $10 million counterpart. A 924 save percentage of 2.22 goals against. These are elite numbers throughout the entire league, let alone just uh, surpassing his, the number one on, on his team, which he should ultimately become if he keeps that up. Uh, the Panthers have relied on him for some big wins too, especially early on. He he really helped 
uh, build a mold and a foundation for what they were going to build from there, and, and clearly it's working. Uh, he's now 8-3-2 and two and already has a shutout, which Bobrovsky does not. So um, how you don't look at this squad and, and look straight to their back end between the pipes and give the credit there uh, is beyond me. I was going to pick the exact same guy, to be honest, Sean, uh, because it's really kind of a fascinating situation. I think that the casual fan might look at this and say, oh, Sergei Bobrovsky, he's back. Maybe he's not an all-star, but he's had eight of the last 10 Florida starts. Uh, and Until recently, he won seven of those games. It's pretty clear that Florida's a really good team behind uh, in front of him and that uh, they're just going to be able to bolster him. But if you start looking into more advanced stats, it's it's all about Dreger. Mm-hmm. Dreger is back in the B-roll, even though he's got a 77% quality start percentage versus 53% for Bobrovsky. And I think that actually went down today because it looks like they got shelled by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, and, and he really had an excellent game against Nashville. Although, uh, to be fair, Nashville really was barely able to get a shot off the entire game. Uh, no truth to the rumors so far as I understand that when Alexander Barkov is on the ice, there actually is a physical a teeter-totter under the ice that uh, cranks and slants the ice downward toward uh, Florida's opponent's net whenever he steps on and, and it's uh, mechanically controlled. Uh, that's just a conspiracy theory that you hear people saying. But anyway, back into the deep advanced stats. Uh, the, the goal saved above expected for Sergey Bobrovsky is down there in Freddie Anderson, John Gibson territory. By the way, that is like almost the absolute worst in the National Hockey League. So uh, I'm I'm actually going to bid big on him tonight in uh, my big money uh, pool with uh, with my friend Thomas. Uh, we're going to try to get a hold of Dreger before Bobrovsky loses this job. Because like you, the $10 million guy, I don't think is going to end up holding this thing down. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look that way. Well, let me hit a few other guys, uh, and then uh, we can do the thing where you you might be able to pick up on a couple or, or have some thoughts. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I mean, we know about the stars, and, and I can mention some of those, but Mackenzie Weger is not a guy who was on my radar from a fantasy perspective, but two goals, 16 assists in 29 games, over 22 minutes, average time on ice, two shots, two hits, and a block per game. He's out there with Ekblad all the time. That's a good place to be. Uh, you want to be with a guy who's a serious Norris contender this year. Only a 3.8% shooting. And I, and I get, you know, a defenseman going to have low shooting percentages. That's kind of how it works to be a defenseman shooting the puck. But still, 3.8%, there could be some regression. He's only got two goals. Uh, so you could see that go up. And I mean, already he's well over half a point per game. When Ekblad and Uyghur on the ice, things good things happen for this Florida Panthers team. 54.5 IPP is a little hot for D-man, but it's not crazy. And then we got to talk Carter Verhage. We've mentioned him multiple times on this show over the course of the year. Yes, it helps that he's glued to to Sasha Barkov. They're together 83% of the time at five on five, which is by far the biggest for either one of them. Uh, You got your Anthony Duclairs who've uh, been out hurt and and in and out and, uh, Mason Marchments, who Victor likes to taunt me with and, and those sorts of things. But Carter Verhage, just per se, he is above average rates for shots per 60, shots against per 60, 20, uh, 24 points in 31 games. Uh, but his 15.5% shooting basically matches his entire first year in Tampa Bay or a touch below it. 12 even strength goals is sixth in the National Hockey League. Carter Verhage, sixth in even strength goal. Doesn't have a single special teams point so far this year. They're not playing him on the power play. And why would you? He's kind of the strong possession guy, and you got Patrick Hornquist. So you're probably not going to play Carter Verhage out there a little bit right now, but uh, time could come. Horny uh, is uh, not always the healthiest feller. Uh, So 24 points total at even strength. He's got two more years of a million per before uh, that restricted free agency comes along. So he's a financial steal for this team. I was listening to the Florida Panthers official podcast uh, this week, and mm, those people are so happy. They're so happy about Carter Verhage. Uh, all right. So the guys I mentioned there, Sean, who grabs your attention? Who do you want to talk about? You know, I, I love I love that you started with Uyghur because he's been a fun guy to watch the past few seasons just from being a steady presence, and he's really elevated himself this year. Um, he, he's up to over 22 minutes, I think you noted there, per night of ice time. Those are big minutes. Those are big player minutes, and he's getting them, and he's doing a lot with them. So, um, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who likes to only reward 
offense from from defensemen. I am a traditionalist where I like to see them actually doing the defensive side of the game first and foremost, and we're seeing that of him as well. Here's a guy who's already a plus 13, and he, he's throwing his body around with 66 hits, uh, only 10 shy of his entire season total last year through 45 games played. So, you know, this guy's on pace for for some pretty high numbers across the board, let alone the fact that he already has the most points, again, uh, that he's ever had in his, in his five years in the NHL, and there's still half a season to go. So I really like what we're seeing out of him. He's had a steady progression to his career, and uh, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see that. It's nice to see players put in the work and get rewarded. Absolutely. And Alexander Barkov, as people know when they listen to the show, he's right there in the opening credits. We can't even get through the opening credits before talking Barkov. Uh, Victor, uh, are you as excited about the Florida Panthers as I am? Can you otherwise can you please calm me down? <laughs> Probably not. I, I mean, I agree with what you said. They they are it's so surprising and super fun to watch. And I think you know, a lot of it has to go to the coaching staff, as you alluded to, Sean. I mean, it, you know, the, they just seemed like they couldn't quite figure it out last season. They didn't quite have all the pieces in place. It just wasn't quite working. And I was skeptical, but man, it has really worked. Everyone is just kind of jiving. I think splitting up Huberto and Barkov has been really, really great. And and whoever looked at Carter Verhage in Tampa and said, this guy playing under 10 minutes a night with, uh, you know, some okay underlying numbers and said this is the guy we want and we're going to give him 17 minutes a night and pace him next to barkov and he's going to be part of what turns our season around that guy whoever that person was deserves uh to keep their job or to get a raise or something because that was impressive and, and you know i'm i'm looking at him a lot because i actually you know was able to pick him up one of my leagues and i thought i would just stream him in and then drop him but he you know you can't drop a guy who's doing these kinds of things and I'm really trying to figure out if it's just Barkov, because as you mentioned, Jesse, he definitely tilts the ice against any opponent he's playing against. But I'm starting to think that Verhage is actually just really good because when you look at with and without numbers, the team is way worse without him. When Barkov is away from him, he's actually way worse. And of course, Verhage is worse without Barkov. So it's kind of confusing, but I do think that um, Verhage is actually pretty good and his expected goals numbers. I mean, the whole trio of Barkov, Verhage and Duclair are tops on the team. So there's no question that there's a line effect, but he's, he's actually quite a bit higher than, than Barkov. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, I think that he may just be a pretty decent player. And the question I'm sure some, some, GMs are going to have is like, do I sell high on this guy or do I believe in him? And do I make him a core part of my, my fantasy team? I kind of feel like he's going to, he's going to continue to provide value. Even if he kind of gets separated, I don't think he's going to fall completely off the cliff. Um, what do you think? Am I wrong about that, Sean? Or what, what do you think about Verhage? No, I agree with you. Verhage obviously did had a limit, more limited role in Tampa last year. So getting the chances he's getting here in Florida, obviously he's he's making good on them. And uh, there's no reason to doubt this kid. I mean, he's he's 25. He's, he's going to be playing into the prime of his career as far as years are concerned. And there, there's no reason to assume he can't keep up that progress. So um, quite a jump from last year to this, but we have to respect the fact that he's also playing double the minutes on, on a nightly basis. And if for nothing else, we should expect to see him actually put in more positions to succeed with the success he's finding in only 17 minutes a night. So if they can get him into a position where he's playing 18, 19, 20 minutes and being relied upon, then there's no reason to think those numbers aren't going to skyrocket. So uh, certainly somebody you want to look at and, and, and hang on to because he's, he's proving that that progress is there and it's not a fluke because he keeps doing it game game in and game out. Yeah, you got to you got to look at that uh Tampa team, man. They JT Miller, ah, we don't really need JT Miller. He goes off to Vancouver. He's a point per game guy. Uh oh, Carter Verhage, he's just some depth. Who cares? They let him go. Suddenly he's on the dang top line with uh, Alexander Barkov, but man, he is so strong on the puck. They uh they can't get it away from him when when Verhage gets it. He had a nice goal again today uh, up against, uh, well, I think it was McElhaney today, but a little bit of revenge on his old team against the Tampa Bay Lightning as I was watching. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. Just stop me. I'm just going to talk about Carter Verhage all day. Uh, Go, go, uh, go cats. (laughs) Yeah, we got it. We got to move on. We can't be here all day. So let's move on to our next team, which is the Detroit Red Wings. And they were not expected to be good. They're not good. 
So not a huge surprise there, but there are some surprises just in terms of some of the guys on the team, both good and bad, I would say. So who's caught your eye or what's caught your eye in general for the Detroit Red Wings, John? Uh, Unfortunately, for any Red Wings fans who might be tuning in here, I have to say that as much as we expected them to be bad, I even didn't expect them to be this bad. That's not a shot. That's uh, that's empathy, if if for nothing else. But uh, of all of those struggles that this fan base is facing, how do you not look at what Bernier has been able to do um, as, you know, who looked like he was going to be a perennial backup for most of his career? Um, and, and despite the fact that he has an injury that, that we don't know much about, we have, we have to hope he comes back from, you know, how do you not give love to a goalie battling through those struggles in Detroit, let alone the fact that he's a winning record? Jonathan Bernier has a winning record on the Detroit Red Wings at 8-6-0. I, I don't know how that's possible. I don't know. I didn't realize anybody on that team had a winning record. Um, you know, let alone the fact that his save percentage of nearly 2.0 is impressive, uh, given the amount that this team in general lets in. So uh, no matter what happens for this team moving forward throughout this year, it, it's nice to see personal success for a guy like that. Um, call it a bounce back, call it whatever you will. But the reality is he's just having a solid year. So the fact that he's uh, down and out right now, uh, I know there's a little bit of mystery around that injury. It could be day to day, it could be week to week. You got to hope for his own sake. He, you know, he's not going to be, he's not going to turn the season around for Detroit. Clearly it's not going well, but um, you know, for finding the success he was from seemingly having lost his place uh, around the shuffle of the league, you got to hope he can come back and um, show that he, he still has a good fit, at least in Detroit, and, and keep up those numbers and keep having a good year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's been so impressive. Just looking at the numbers between those two, Bernier's got one goal saved above expected, almost six above average, and he has a positive Delta Fenwick. Thomas, Thomas Grice is, is just really awful i mean almost 17 negative above expected uh negative 2.6 delta fenwick which is one of the worst in the league and i remember i remember um you know in the preseason we were talking so a lot of people were really excited about grice and how he's going to go and be the for sure starter and I, I i was one of the people saying you know grice has never really been good outside of that islander system and i watched him in san jose i've watched him in other places and i never was impressed with his game and i knew that that system had really benefited him so i was skeptical i didn't think he'd be this bad i also did not think bernier would be this good and anyone who scooped him up off the wire in your league is really um well kudos to you first of all and also yeah that's been pretty that's been pretty great for him and yeah definitely exciting for him uh, to do that i think the guy that i wanted to highlight is Anthony Mantha. Anthony Mantha, who, you know, I think surprise, uh, but like on a, in a negative way, right? Because, you know, he's he's 26, should be in the prime of his career. He he thought, we thought he broke out. I thought he broke out. 72-point pace last season. Uh, you know, most of his underlying numbers were not uh were not out out of range or anything. And so we thought that he'd be around, you know, 70, maybe maybe more, 70, 75 point guy, but he's at a 40 point pace. Just nothing seems to be going right. He's been, he's been, it seems like he's in a bit of the coach's doghouse, but he's just not shooting as much. He's not getting into those dangerous areas. He's got a little bit of hit on his ice time and power play time on ice. It is interesting though, that he has by far the highest expected goals per 60 on the team. He's nearly double what Larkin is doing and who's doubling what almost doubling what Bertuzzi is doing. So something is right there, but a lot is wrong. And I'm not sure what you've seen in your, in the games that you've watched about Mantha, but maybe reassure me or just, uh, just uh, cut me down. What do you, what, what are you seeing? I don't think I can reassure you or that fan base about anything across the board for this team, unfortunately, and Mantha included. Uh, here's a guy who, you know, had come in and uh, saw some steady progress through his first few years in the league. And then, like you said, was having a pretty good year, a pretty good run last year. And he just seems to completely have fallen off as far as how effective he can be. Um, you know, he, his shooting percentage is still kind of right there in line with what he's been doing throughout his career. But he's just not, obviously not taking as many chances as he needs to be. And he's not putting himself in the right position to succeed because he's, he's just not getting the job done. I mean, as cliche as that sounds, this, he's supposed to be one of their top point getters. And meanwhile, they have a defenseman who's taken over the top spot across the entire team, which is problematic in and of itself in that respect. And uh, this guy's too far down that list, even at fourth. Um, but that, that speaks to the fact that only 15 points in 31 games his fourth uh, in point totals on this team speaks to more of how this team is doing in general. But here's a guy who should at least, uh, you know, be in the twenties at this point, and uh, he's just not even close. He just looks—he just doesn't look like he 
has the same confidence he did. Even on a struggling team, he just doesn't look like he's out there playing with the same bite and playing with the same finish. Do you think the Red Wings would trade him? I mean, he's got five—he's five point seven mil cap hit for three seasons after this. Certainly, they thought I'm sure he'd be part of this core moving forward, but it doesn't just doesn't seem like something's working out. And, and if they are a rebuilding team, maybe they could get some nice assets for him. I think the return would have to be pretty advantageous for the Red Wings because, like you said, they they're sort of assumed he was going to be part of this core. So, um, you know, half a season into a weird 2020-21 year, I don't know that they can use that as the the end-all be-all of what to expect of Manta moving forward. You have to assume he, he is likely due for a bounce back next year, so I wouldn't put too much stake in what he's failed at through half of this year. Um, but if the return is big enough, like you said, for a rebuilding squad, you, you have to be able to listen to anything. So I don't know what the, I really don't know what that return would have to entail. I don't know what they think is working and what they think is not. But what Mantha's currently doing is not good enough. Um, I would assume that we'll see a better Mantha next year with a fresh start and, and maybe a more normalized season to play with him. Um, could he be on the table for Detroit? It's, it's hard to assume he that that anybody isn't. Uh, I just think the return would have to make a lot of sense because I do still see him as part of this core. Yeah, I doubt they would trade Larkin uh, and probably not this other guy that I want to mention, and that's Philip Hronick, who has has struggled a little bit up and down this season, um, but he's finally getting like really big minutes and getting power play time, which I know we, we did our preseason with Tony Wolak, who's one of our colleagues over there at the Hockey Writers, and he said some really smart things about why he wasn't getting the opportunity on the power play, but he has been lately and it's, it's been going better. I mean, he's up to a 46 point pace. He's, I was always concerned that he was just more of your all around, you know, type defenseman and maybe wasn't going to get all the offensive opportunities, but he's definitely been coming on lately and has been really picking that up. And uh, what have you seen in the games about Hironic? And do you think he has uh, some pretty decent offensive upside? Yeah, he, I mean, he's definitely a bright spot on this team. And, and again, not to keep you know putting them down, but there's not a lot of bright spots to look at. But he's uh, he's he is one. He's been fun to watch, and it's been fun to see him take on a more of a role for this team. And, and again, he is the defenseman who's leading the entire squad in points. So um, when you're ahead of, of someone like Dylan Larkin and point totals, that that says a lot. Um, you know, it, the reality is though, uh, as much as he's getting more power play time, I still want to see him be taking more shots and, and having them be a little more effective with the extra man. He, he still doesn't have any power play goals. So uh, all seven of his points on the, on me with the extra man are assists, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, for, for someone of his caliber that we should be expecting to see, I want to see him putting in a couple more from the point when, when he has the opportunity. Um, what I like about him too, is that he, he has a pretty well-balanced game. I mean, he's. Uh, he's got 31 blocks, 41 hits, so he's he's well balanced across the board. When I look at defensemen, I like to look across the entire stat line, and he he sort of fills in the gaps across all. Um, obviously, plus minus is rough, but anybody on the Red Wings will be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, don't want your Red Wings. Although I do have a couple in a plus minus league, and they haven't been so bad. It's Larkin and um, I'm trying to remember the other one I have, but a couple of them have been okay. But in general, yeah, you don't want to. It looks like they're trying to win the Masters, not to <laughs> not give you positive numbers. Jesse, can you give our Red Wings fans any um, any comfort in, in any of your takes? I, I was just sitting here daydreaming about Steve Eiserman going into that Seattle expansion draft, maybe calling into the league and say, yeah, you know the rule where you have to protect nine or up to 11, depending on the way you do it, from being drafted? So, like, do we have to protect that many or could we just maybe protect like four guys? Because otherwise, you know, we're cool. You guys can just pretty much have whatever. Um, you know, really, I, I think if they were to make a trade, I would think they would actually be smart to take on uh, multiple players from, you know, who, who could be kept because they're actually going to have the spots to hold guys and they've got roster room and, and sort of salary room. Maybe there's an opportunity for them ahead of the Seattle draft because this is just kind of a bereft roster. Uh, and you know, Lucas Raymond, I don't know. They they they've got a lot more to do to be able to rebuild it. So sorry, Red Wings fans. Uh happier days will come again. Well, uh, happy days are coming sooner than that for us. We're gonna take a break for just a minute and come back with the last two teams. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cradle in the mountains, shining like a diamond in the south. I knew I had to go there to see what it was all about. I said, Mama, let me travel to Nashville, Tennessee. And when I heard the music, that was good enough for Coming back with Sean Filippelli, talking next about the Nashville Predators down in Smashville. Tennessee, we uh, we like it, we love it, we want some more of it, and uh, it's not been that kind of a year for the Predators. Uh, they're usually not very fond of the Blackhawks, but uh, they're they're kind of a fun team usually, but maybe not so much this year. They they're kind of looking they're kind of looking bad, uh, Sean. I'm going to level with you, uh, but uh, what do you think about this team? What kind of surprises do you see here? Yeah, things look a little bleak for the Predators, and, and like you alluded to as a Blackhawks fan, I am all for that kind of news. Um, not not a great start, and it, to be honest, there's no reason to believe that things are going to end any stronger for that team. I, I expect them to be sort of in and around the bottom of the division throughout the rest of the way, and, and I'm okay with that. Um, as far as surprises go, you have to look at a guy like Ryan Johansson and, and just wonder what happened. What happened there? You know, ever since he came over, um, there's been a regression in his play, and he's just never been the same, the same guy, the same producer as he once was in Columbus. Uh, nine points in 23 games so far this year is not going to cut it for the centerman. Uh, he's only accumulated two goals so far. Not good enough. Not sure anything would change uh, to actually affect that as it just sort of seems to be what to expect in terms of the trend that he's created for himself in recent years. But, you know, I have to say, uh, as much as I don't ever feel bad for Nashville, when you look at the fact that they're going to be paying him $8 million for four and a half more years, that's, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I was going to pick the exact same guy. I mean, he was a 60-point player in five out of six seasons. Remember, around the time after he came from Columbus and a little before and then uh, it, in the one of those six seasons in that stretch, he had 54 points in 79 games. So he's getting close. Last year, he had 36 points in 68 games. This year, nine in his first 23 games. It's just ridiculous. He missed about three weeks in February for injuries. He had an upper body injury. He was on the COVID list for a little bit. Uh, maybe you got to cut a guy a break coming back from the uh, coming back from the COVID list because we don't know what kind of lingering things might be there. And I, I don't know that I ever figured out whether it was that he had a diagnosis or symptoms or whether he was just on the exposure list or something like that. But he went from being a 60 pointer every year, Sean, who I was dreaming would become a 70 pointer one day to now he's like a 20 pointer. Uh, and I just want to wipe him from my memory. Uh, Jofa, the great Jofa line, Johansson, uh, Forsberg, Arvidsson still happens about two thirds of the time last year. Uh, that line, even though it was kind of the famous Nashville line, wasn't really happening a whole lot of the time partly with Arvidsson's inconsistency. Uh, this time, it plays two-thirds of the time when Johansson's out there, but it's just not the same. Uh, they're just not playing. Basically, Forsberg is good on this team, and everybody else is kind of bad. Uh, I know I've been suffering through some Victor Arvidsson time, too, on at least one of my teams. So I'm with you on Johansson. Let me uh, just throw a couple more quick hits out at you and get your takes on these players. Uh, Pekka Rene is uh, really, really bad. In the regular season uh, this year, he is not doing well. Nashville is tuned, tuned to UC Saros. UC Saros has also been really bad, although I will give him that against the Florida Panthers these last couple of games, he's actually played really well. Saved 47 of 48 shots yesterday when uh, Florida was just tilting the ice toward him. And, and really, he stood on his head, and they lost 2 nothing because Nashville couldn't even get 20 shots on goal against the uh, Panthers. So everything's kind of bad there. Uh, we, we don't know whether UC Saros is really going to be the long-term. Roman Yossi has been hurt for weeks. That's kind of their, their guiding light when it comes to offensive production from the blue line. The team is starting to talk about they're, – they're kind of only the one of the only teams that gets talked about as a seller with good pieces. 
in the National Hockey League. All the national pundits are saying maybe uh, Nashville needs to give up some of their defensemen and uh, you know Johansson or whomever. Uh, it's 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 not looking good there. Victor Arvidsson's gone from good but sometimes injured to just not being very good. Although four percent shooting on three point three shots per game seems like kind of an inconsistency. Maybe he'll get a few more goals as they go down the stretch. And as I said, Forsberg twenty seven points in thirty one games, pretty good, but uh, not uh, not good enough to get the Predators anywhere. Any thoughts on any of those players or anybody else on this team who's catching your eye, Sean? You know, you got to give Forsberg credit for what he's still able to be doing on a team that's uh, depleted and not doing very well. So, uh, no, he's not having the superstar numbers that that you would hope out of someone like Forsberg. But I think with a better team around him and, and better circumstances, obviously, we could see that elevate. So not too worried about someone like Forsberg. I think he's obviously sticking around uh, for obvious reasons. Um, you mentioned Arvidsson, especially from a fantasy perspective. He's somebody that I used to love having on my squad. He, he, similar to Aho, like I mentioned earlier, would just seem to hit you in a lot of categories anytime he played. And that is just not the case anymore. So, um, you know, whatever has happened to Arvidsson's game uh, obviously needs to be addressed and addressed quick uh, because it's, it's not the right recipe for what the Predators need to get better at whatever they're doing. And like you said, this, this shooting percentage of under 4% here is. Um, you have to hope is not what's going to be sustained for a guy like Arvidsson, but uh, if it is, they're they're in real trouble. Uh, so you know, if if he can turn his game around, then I would suspect we could see a positive correlation to what the Predators do. Um, but you know, time will tell because it looks like a lost season for them right now. As far as being sellers, I would have to agree, and that does seem to be the the common take. And you look at a guy like Ekholm actually, and, and that name gets thrown around a lot. So. Uh, can't help but but wait to see where his name ends up and if he's still a predator by the time the deadline's over and done with. Victor, throw the catfish of your insightful observations on the ice that is this interview. Yeah, I mean, I think the as you mentioned, they they need to be sellers, and I think the the most interesting situation is the goaltending. They obviously Renee has been pretty bad. Saros has been a little better lately, but he's also not been great. And, you know, their, their, their cap situation or their, you know, their, yeah, their cap situation is that they, they have both of them only through this season and Rene being 38, Saros 25, there's going to be an interesting decision. They have Connor Ingram who has been, you know, doing not great uh, on loan right now in Sweden. And, but he was, he has AHL professional experience. He's a guy who probably could come in and be a backup. They've also had uh, Kasmir Kask. Kisuo, and of course they have a scar off. So uh, I'm wondering what you think they do, Sean. Do they, do they, you know, it sounds like Rene does not want to go to a contender. It does not want to leave Nashville. I don't know that Saros wants to leave, but uh, you know, could they, could they trade him, maybe get some, some assets back or you think they extend him? I mean, it doesn't seem like he's the super long-term solution since they drafted a scar off, but uh, I'm a little confused as a Saros owner in some leagues. It's kind of unsure what to do. I'm sure some other people are a little confused. Do you have any insights on the goaltending? As far as Rene goes, obviously quite a regression from what once was, but you guys have already said it. He's a 38-year-old now, so we have to sort of recognize it for what it is. And um, clearly Rene's time at the top of the league has uh, likely come to an end. So uh, that's uh, sad to say for Predators and Predators fans, but it's just the reality of it. He had a lot of great years, and it's just a regression season for him now. Um, you know, as far as him not wanting to go to a contender, I'm, I'm not sure which contender would want to pick him up, to be honest. So I think we need to look at it from that perspective. As far as Saros is concerned, he might not be the long, long-term solution. As, as you mentioned, they had a pretty decent draft, uh, this this recent one. But uh, you have to assume Saros is the guy, at least for a few years here. Um, you know, he's, he's shown blips of what he can do. He's shown blips of being able to calm this team down and, and be the presence that they need to get the job done when Rene wasn't, um, you know, especially throughout the past few seasons anyway. And, and uh, although his numbers aren't sparkling this year, they're, they're not bad. You know, 9-13 save percentage, 2.7 equals against for this Nashville team who's in second last in the division. Um, not bad, considering. So you got to give some credit there and, and recognize that he's a 25-year-old kid. He'll have a few more years to sort of see where he can bring the, this team or whatever's left of it after the trade deadline uh, and see if he can be part of a bounce back or at least be a filler for the time being. Yeah, definitely. I almost traded sorrows for next to nothing at the beginning of the season and i'm really glad i didn't because i, I do still think he has a little bit of a rope left and uh, yeah I, I agree like probably you know 
some transition in the next two or three years to Askarov when he comes over to North America. That kind of thing is, is kind of what I would expect too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Nashville. They definitely are way worse than I expected this season. Um, so that'll be kind of fun. The team that I think none of us expected to be bad and and is pretty much doing as expected, although I kind of thought that the Tampa Bay Lightning might be a little further ahead than your Floridas and your Carolinas. They're kind of right in the mix there. Um, yeah, they're, they're, you know, four points ahead of Florida and seven, and, um, yeah, and five ahead of Carolina as we record this. But, uh, you know, there definitely have been some surprises on the team that not everything has gone perfectly well. Unfortunately, some some fantasy managers draft, drafted Nikita Kucherov in their first round, and that's been very disappointing. And obviously for the Lightning, they have been without him. So what has caught your eye with the Lightning? You know, obviously the Lightning don't need us to be giving them any more compliments than they're obviously due and that the rest of the, of the league likes to give them in, in recent years. So they, they should be a little more willing to spread the wealth out to the, to the rest of us who need it. But uh, at the same time, they've obviously earned it. So uh, it's okay to give them praise where it's due. And one of the guys I think that needs to get some attention, um, although it's not that he doesn't get the attention, but I want to sort of highlight the fact that Andre Palat, uh, he's always been a reliable presence in Tampa, but he just seems far more dangerous. I, I don't know how or why or what's changed at this point in his tenure, but um, he's just elevated to a point where uh, he, he's nearly a point per game pace now. Um, you know, he's on pace for his best statistical season ever. Uh, he's, he's near the top of the team in power play production. He already has four game winners in half of a season. Um, this guy's proving to be uh, obviously the real deal, which we all knew he was. But again, he never seemed to be the guy who was going to be at the top of this, you know, these stacked Tampa rosters. And you, you have to give credit where it's due, where it's not just the Hedmonds and Stamkos and Points and Kalorns and who are getting it done. Palat's right there and he's getting the job done. Every, every time they need him to, he's right there doing it. So i uh, got to give credit to Palat for, for keeping that up and having a great season. Yeah, definitely one of the most surprising, uh, you know, performances. And like you said, he's never really quite done this. But, uh, you know, you look at his his numbers, too, and he's, his luck metrics are really high. And again, we're, we're talking about some of these guys and it's like, okay, he should, he should regress. Okay. He should regress. And you keep checking the stat line. He's like, Nope, he just keeps scoring, just keeps scoring. So, you know, I, I'm sure some people are thinking like, Oh, I should sell high on this guy. And um, you know, I don't know, like, is this really going to change for the rest of the season? I kind of don't think it will. I kind of, yeah. I mean, he's getting a little bit lucky, but also Tampa is really good. There's some really not so good teams on the, in this division. And you know, Kucherov is, they can't bring Kucherov back till the playoffs start. Like their, their cap isn't going to work. So he's not going to come in and ruin it, at least during the regular season, the party for Palat. So I, I kind of feel like, yeah, this is probably just going to continue for the rest of the regular season. Don't you think? Uh, definitely. There's, there's no reason to doubt him at this point. Uh, again, I mean, you know, you, you look at uh, what's interesting to me is you look at things like game winning goals. Obviously, that means he's putting himself in positions when it's the most important for this team to get the job done. And he's the one who's leading the charge for this, the Tampa Bay Lightning of all teams, the team that every team wants to be. And this is the guy who's getting the job done most of the time. There's no reason to believe he can't keep doing that. Yeah, one of the guys that uh, that is a little bit surprising, I guess, is uh, Anthony Sorelli, who. You know, I've been saying that he's a future Selkie trophy winner. I, I love his defensive game. I think that's been a little bit not quite as good as I would have expected this year, but he's also been playing more wing, which I'm surprised by um, since he seems to be a natural center and good two-way guy. But 66-point pace for him, uh, updated based on today's game. And he's definitely got a little bit high shooting percentage and, and luck metrics, but he's such a good real life player. I wonder, you know, if you have thoughts on him, because I think that he's probably more of a 55 point guy, just a really good two way center. And I think he's benefiting from a little bit um, more exposure to some, you know, some of the players that are that are there right now. And, you know, your point in your Stamkos. But uh, when, when Kucherov comes back, he's probably going to have a little bit more. Of a, of a subdued scoring role anyways. But um, I, I think the world of him as a real-life player, but as a, as a fantasy asset, I would think about selling high on him because I'm not sure that he'll quite continue to be this guy that he is right now. What do you think? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, not to sound hypocritical, because I agree with your point too about Palat. You know, his numbers might be off the charts, but he keeps doing a game in and game out, so I doubt it. On the flip side, uh, Sorelli's shooting, you know, scoring at over a 21% conversion rate. There's, there's no way he's keeping that up. I just don't see it happening. Um, obviously, he's having an outstanding year, and it's okay to give credit for that, but um, this is not going to be a sustainable pace for him moving forward, especially when the team is healthy, as you alluded to. Uh, I think you hit it on the head. I was going to say between a 50 to 60 point pace would probably be where he'll top out. Uh, personally, I would see him more in sort of that 45 to 50 point range, and I'd be happy with him getting that kind of production because, like you said, he's pretty well-rounded. So if he can be hitting other metrics across the board, then 45 to 50 points, um, I'd be okay with that. Definitely. Jesse, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the Lightning? Any guys stick out to you with electric performances? Man, this team, it, it just bores us. They're just too good. Uh, so there's, uh, there's uh, just some reluctance to, to try to pull guys out. I mean, they, they bury the Carter Vahegis of the world way down on the depth lines, and you never know about them until they uh, go somewhere else. Andre Pallad, is, I, we, we've been living off him in another one of uh, my leagues this year. He had that five-game week this week, which uh, really, really helped. Really, really helped with the scoring totals. I think he scored again today as we're talking on Sunday. So, no, uh, the Lightning are just going to do Lightning things, and that means the rest of us will be waiting and to see if uh, they're the one who come out of that Central Division when we get to it uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, that is probably the story of our four uh, of our eight teams in this division. But before we get out of here, Sean, why don't you tell the people what you've been up to and where they can find your work? Certainly. I appreciate that. So you can find most of my work over at thehockeywriters.com, part of the Blackhawks team over there. And and we actually have our own show, Blackhawks Banter. Uh, It is a video show that we we produce weekly and and we tape them on Mondays and they drop on Tuesdays. So check out our YouTube channel, follow us um, on all across all social media. So you never miss an episode, keep you up to date on all things Blackhawks and make sure that we debate and discuss as much as we can along the way. Uh, Personally, you can find me on Twitter more often than not at Mr. Always Right right spelled w-r-i-t-e because that just makes the most sense to spell it for someone like me some great stuff with uh with sean's work over the hockey writer so everybody should definitely go and check that out follow uh, his uh, youtube show his facebook uh watch some of that video and uh yeah thanks so much for coming on with us sean it's been a great tour around the central division really appreciate it guys thanks for having me i was looking forward to this episode and it was even better than i could have anticipated just like the blackhawks <laughs> All right. <laughs> Great job. Life is crazy, life is doing to me. That will close us out on the Central Division. We are going to make a quick whip around of all four divisions. This week, it was the Central. And over the next three weeks, you're going to hear us go back through all of the other divisions as well. It's going to be exciting. But Sean Filippelli, uh, starting strong for us with this central division in the national hockey league, Victor, uh, you know, there's a lot to follow in hockey. We don't try to get to all of it every day, but can you suggest any places that our listeners could go to try to find out the latest on many different NHL teams? Yeah. I mean, the hockey writers is a good place to to check out. That's what we, that's where I ride. That's where Sean writes. We've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, writing about our teams. It's mainly for us, the, you know, the Blackhawks and the Sharks. And I just did an article on the mid season awards for the Sharks. And that, that was kind of fun checking that out. And uh, we also putting together um, part of the team that writes about prospects. So putting together all the different important prospects for the 2021 draft, and that's going to put together, be put together in a, in a draft guide as well. That's free. So definitely check out the hockey writers. Well, we are going to go full bore. I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk a ton about the 2021 NHL draft over the course of the summer, but I'll tell you right now, the, the more I hear about the way people are talking about this, this draft, uh, the more I'm convinced that it's going to be one of the most interesting fantasy drafts ever, just because there's going to be a lot of disagreement over who's any good. And frankly, the knowledge that all of us are working with is so incomplete with all of the pandemic impacts on player development that you're going to want stuff like that hockey writers preview, because who knows it, you, you might end up with, the 20th pick this year and get the best player. I mean, anything could happen this year. So uh, you have to be on guard for that. So it's a great year to read things like the stuff from our friends at the hockey writers 
or or to check out Fantalytica, our boys over there at fantalytica.tech, uh, they all do some statistical projections, which frankly might be one of the best things we have going for us when we're trying to figure out this uh, rookie class and who's going to be good. It goes all the way down to you know, projecting what people would do at the NHL level when they're uh, down in the uh, the amateur level. So it's it, it's very useful. You can subscribe to it. It does cost some money, but if you use the code FHL25, that's capital H, uh, capital FHL, followed by the number 25, you can get yourself a 25% discount, which is the biggest discount you're going to get anywhere to subscribe to that service. Those uh, guys, uh, Fanalytica are friends of ours. They actually write as well at a place called Fantrax HQ, which is the content end of Fantrax. Fantrax itself, of course, you can play all your fantasy sports. And if you're in a deep dynasty league, like the kind that we talk about on this show, it's pretty much the only place you're going to be able to effectively play because the player pools are so deep. All the options for setting up minor league systems and everything are uh, really, uh, you you can customize about anything you want on there. It's really, uh, it's really a great deal. So you should try that and check out the great content over there. There are fantasy hockey articles. And in addition to those Fantrax uh, HQ articles from a bunch of our buddies here, and Victor and I occasionally will write on there as well, there are podcasts. Only the Fantasy Hockey Live podcast is the fantasy hockey content on that site. But there's a lot of them for baseball. Five Tool Podcast, Fantrax uh, Prospect Toolshed, the SP Streamer Podcast. All of those deal with fantasy baseball, which is just a couple of weeks away. The Triple Play Fantasy Podcast has a football, a baseball, and a basketball podcast. Yes, sir, we even have basketball here. Getting ready for those basketball, fantasy basketball playoffs as well. Pretty much almost on the same schedule as fantasy hockey, as it turns out this year. And then there's the SP Streamer Podcast. Yes, there is soccer. Soccer, fantasy soccer on Fantrax. And that's a good place to keep up with your strategies and so forth on there. Well, you can follow Victor and myself. Uh, in addition to the Discord we talked about at the beginning of the show, check us out. Follow us on Twitter at uh, Fan Hockey Life for me. And Victor, what's your Twitter uh, handle? At Victor Nuno 12. So you should check in with us there. Send us DMs with questions. Why not? We'd love to interact with you. Keep getting ready for the end of this fantasy hockey season, the climax, the culmination, the playoffs. And uh, all along, don't forget to keep living that fantasy hockey life. See you later. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.